proudly serving for 50 years as Appalachian State University's college radio station. 90.5 WASU-FM Boone. Stream us at WASUradio.com. Download the WASU-FM app. Listen on the iHeartRadio app or just say Alexa. Play WASU-FM. Pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Wins the game at the buzzer! Pass is caught! Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Gives it to Jenkins. The championship! Elias sends it deep to left! Pagan is there at the wall and it's in the basket! He's got his J-Bag, folks! And the eye of the Tiger! It's time for Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU-FM. Welcome to the George G. Beasley Media Complex on this beautiful Tuesday evening in the high country for the first Sports Wrap episode of the year, sponsored by Eggers, 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 and Eggers Attorney at Law. I am your host, Lucas Warren, joined today by Cody Bear and Kurt Zottel. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing good. How you doing, Lucas? You know, I uh, just made it back from practice. I got rained on a little bit. Um, I'm waiting on, <clears throat> waiting on Jeff to get here, so it's stressful, but we're, we're here. We're, we're doing the show. And Cody, how are you doing? I'm doing really great. It feels so great to be back in this seat for the first sports wrap of the year. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm excited. Before we get into the show, let's start, um, or I'm going to run across all athlete, App State athletics on our new segment we call the Mountaineer Minute. So starting us off, on the August 28th at noon, the App State field hockey team rallied in a big way to beat the Georgetown Hoyas 5-0. to zero. Later that day, the App State women's soccer team tied with George Mason 0-0, to zero, but defeated UT Martin on August 25th 2-1. to one. And then moving on to women's volleyball, the Mountaineers have suffered two tough losses in a row, losing to Charleston Southern and St. John's 3-2. The Mountaineers are able to avenge those two close losses this Friday when they host USC Uptown. So be sure to support your App State volleyball team. Now let's take a quick break and get into the show. But before we go to break, remember, Sports Wrap is sponsored by Eggers, 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 and Eggers, attorney at law. This program is sponsored by Eggers Law Firm, located on West King Street in downtown Boone. From business to traffic matters, the Eggers Law Firm has provided legal service to the high country since 1950. As fourth-generation Appalachian alumni, the Eggers Law Firm is here to assist you with legal help when you need it. The Eggers Law Firm, 737 West King Street. Appalachian State University's Performing Arts Series, the Schaefer Center, presents a spring season featuring The Little Prince from Ballet X, Afro Jazz from Nubuntu, and singer-songwriter Roseanne Cash. Tickets on sale now and more information at 800-841-ARTS or theschafercenter.org. Regear Outdoors New Winter Annex is a one-stop shop for all things skiing and snowboarding. Located on Howard Street between the local and Cabo, Regear Outdoors Winter Annex has boards, boots, 
bindings, and all the other ski and snowboard necessities for a day on the slopes and taking advantage of the beauty and fun of snowy days in the high country. Regear is open all winter long, and they remind you whether on the slopes or in town, remember to wear your mask and keep others safe. Welcome back to Sports Wrap. Getting on to our first segment, look, we all know what game's on the mind of App State fans, Boone residents, everybody in this town thinking of one game. We don't have to talk about that. We'll talk about that later in the episode. But before we do that, I wanted to take a look at college football as a whole. Last season was another thrilling year of college football. Uh, there are a lot of questions still lingering onto this season. So before we break down what's going on this season, let's look at some headlines that carried over. And you guys just tell me what you think about them. So you're going to tell me if it's true, if it's false, explain why. Um, so yeah, let's just run through it. I think Jeff is going to come in here at some point, but the first one we're going to do. Clemson, they had a disappointing 2020-2021 campaign, or 2021-2022, right? Yeah. I'm mixing up my 20s. Um, but yeah, Clemson had a tough year last year. Will they, or I'm saying, bold take, Clemson will miss the college football playoffs again. They're preseason number four, so right now they're in it. So what do you all think of that? I think they're going to miss it again. Um, I think it'll be really close, but I looked at their schedule. They played Notre Dame on the road. I think Notre Dame, even playing Ohio State in the first game of the year, they're going to take a loss there, but I think Notre Dame is going to be a really solid team this year. First year on Marcus Freeman. I think Clemson suffers a loss there, and then somewhere around the mix, whether it be NC State or whether it be South Carolina, an upset, I think they'll suffer another loss. And as we all know, two losses going into the college football playoff, it won't get you there. Um, so I think they won't make it. But the thing with Clemson that's so intriguing is we do say it was a down year for them last year. And even in that scenario, they won a bowl game. They yeah. still won 10 games, which is just how remarkable the program that Dabo Sweeney's built there in Clemson. So if anyone could restore this faith to Clemson fans, it would be Dabo Sweeney. Um, they're obviously in the picture to do it. DJ at the quarterback position, we all know that's the biggest question mark. But with Kate Klubnick, the freshman, maybe coming in as the season goes on, I think once he gets um, kind of going, I think through like six games, you'll see him start. And then I think you'll see the program kind of turn around for Clemson. I don't think they'll get there, but I think they'll definitely be a top 8 to 10 team this year, but I don't think they'll be college football playoff. I think Clemson gets back in. I think that their recruiting classes in the last couple years have still been great, which they always are, but I think they're in a great position to to bounce back. I'm still a DJ believer. I know a lot of people are out on him after last year. I'm still a big fan. And then as you mentioned, Kurt, I agree. Notre Dame's going to be tough on the road. But I still think Clemson can pull that off. I think that they will pull that off. Um, I We still have to see more from NC State, ranked number 13, and then the Miami game. I think Miami could very well be the toughest team on their schedule. And they'll, ha- they'll have a decent chance to bounce back even if they do lose to Miami in the ACC championship game. So I think Clemson has a decent chance to still go undefeated, and I think they'll get back in. And I know the NC State game is on the road, but obviously you look at that Wolfpack game against Clemson, and that NC State team is practically just an identical version of the team last year. And that's why, as this, I mean, I think they won nine games last year. NC State, they were a really solid team. Yep. 13th to start the year. They're going to be really solid this year. Obviously, what Clemson has going for them is it's at Death Valley. It's a home game, and we saw last year when they went to NC State, it was just the fourth game of the year, I think it was, um, and they suffered the upset loss. I just don't think it happens again um, for Clemson, but 
I think it's it's so hard to predict like a game by game basis, and I'm kind of looking at the whole schedule. I think Notre Dame will be one of them, and I couldn't really tell you off the top of my head like who the second one's going to be, but I just think it's going to happen. So I think you hit the nail on the head there, Kurt, with the two loss thing. If they were in the SEC, it'd be a different story. We've seen two loss SEC teams make it, but in that ACC, you're kind of in a tough situation there where if you lose those two games. Like, let's say they lose to NC State and Miami. Those teams will look better, and ACC as a whole will look better, but Clemson won't look better. But if they beat all those teams, they have to go undefeated because then people will say ACC's weak, but Clemson's the one good team in that conference. They're going to get the playoff bid. But, yeah, I think they'd have to go undefeated. Maybe a loss to NC State, like one of those if they slip up, especially if they lose to Notre Dame, they'll probably make it still. I would lean towards... No, um, that's just such a culture-based uh, school. There, uh, s- their program has been built on Dabo Sweeney and the types of recruits he brings in. And what people forget, Mark Vrabel has been there for ten years. He's at Oklahoma now. We'll see if that uh, if that defense holds up with Vrabel gone, not being the coordinator. Um, but I think we could. I think eight. 8-10 to 10 is a good spot for them, but they have some tough games. I see three, four games that are question marks for them. D-Rob. <laughs> so let's go on to the next, um, next storyline. LSU doesn't finish the season above 500. They brought in Brian Kelly. Uh, obviously, they won the national championship a few years ago. Fired Ed Orjon. RIP, you were one of my favorites. Could never understand you, though. Um, but yeah, with Brian Kelly and his fake Southern accent, how do you think they do this year? Uh, taking a look at LSU. Yeah, taking a look at LSU. Um, they have a new transfer quarterback coming in, and Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. So they have a little bit more offensive firepower. But just taking a look at their schedule, they didn't really add much in ways of talent. But if you look at your the schedule, they got a lot of tough games especially down the stretch with Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, and Texas A&M being four of the last five games. Uh, it's going to be tough for me to, to say LSU will finish above, above 500. I think they're looking at uh, around 6-6. Six and six. Uh, We'll learn a lot more about them on their with their Sunday week one game against Florida State. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think they'll be around that six and six mark. If I had, if I was a betting man, I would probably say the over on kind of that six win mark. But like Jeff was saying, I think Sunday's game against Florida State is just such a storytelling of what we're going to get this year. There, I think they're a three point favorite. People think they're going to win, but we just saw Florida State this past weekend. Came out of the opponent, I think it was an FCS opponent, but they Duquesne. Yeah, they, I mean, they killed them. Um, you couldn't really tell much from that game, but obviously that's what you want from Florida State, blowing out an opponent you should be blowing out. Um, so LSU's first game against them will be really tough. And it, it's funny because this is what we want to see from Brian Kelly. You know, we saw at Notre Dame in an independent schedule, yeah, he played tough opponents, but it seemed like when he got to that playoff and played against tough opponents, he couldn't really get the job done. So I think that him being the SEC, constantly playing against Alabama, Texas A&M, who will be a top 10 team this year, um, Mississippi, Arkansas, I could go on and on about these top 25 opponents. Will he be able to kind of replicate what he did at Notre Dame? And that's kind of only time can tell with that. But I think it'll be a really solid year. Brian Kelly in the past has done really well in the regular season. Um, and even in his first year, I think he'll maybe not from a record standpoint, but I think just from the talent and what he's getting out of his players, you'll see a little bit of progression from what we've seen, at least from the last couple of years with LSU. 
Yeah, LSU is going to struggle in the SEC. I wouldn't be surprised if they went 1-5 in five in their last six games because they do play, as Jeff mentioned, Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, and Texas A&M in those last six. That's going to be super tough, and for that reason, I don't think they're above 500. I actually agree straight on the head with Jeff. I think they go 6-6 six and six in the regular season, and we'll see what their bowl game is if, if they get that allocated to them. Yeah, uh, I'm leaning towards the under here. I just, how I look at these teams, I just look at their schedule and I just circle games, I would assume are losses, and then circle after that the maybe games. And they probably have three games that I'm like, LSU will win that game for sure. And seven to eight games that I'm not sure about, most of those being leaning towards a loss. So, yeah, I'm not sure under Kelly if they're going to see improvement year one. And, yeah, I think Kurt hit the nail on the head again that these coaches, when they jump conferences, you see a little adjustment period. It's not as easy when you're going from Notre Dame, who doesn't play a conference schedule. They kind of they play like teams like Stanford every year, and they were in the ACC recently because of COVID. But it's a lot different jumping from that to the SEC, the toughest conference in college football. But moving on to our next storyline, another coach that jumped conferences and teams under – uh, Lincoln Riley, USC, wins the Pac-12. I think they're a year away. It's not going to happen this year. Utah are those uh, Pac-12 favorites. and the Well, the Pac-12 is going to be decided in the regular season on Saturday, October 15th, when USC has to travel to Utah. So I give the Utes the advantage with the home game. So I don't, I don't think USC makes that immediate jump to Pac-12 champions in Lincoln Riley's first year. I don't see any shot USC's Pac-12 champions, and not necessarily because of I don't believe in them, but I believe so much in this Utah team. Um, Ryan Day, basically for Ohio State, said the toughest opponent he played last year was Utah. And Utah, again, like I was just mentioning, um, can't remember the team who it was, but it's basically just an identical version of that Utah team we saw last year. They bring back a multitude of starters. Um, and this Utah team, when Jeff was saying, they play USC on October 15th, I think Utah is going to roll over them. And if that's the deciding game for USC, I really don't see a scenario where they they win the Pac-12. So I'm all the way in on Utah. And I think Utah has a legitimate chance to compete for the national championship and be in that college football playoff. Yeah, I think in a conference with Oregon and Utah, who I am picking for the Pac-12, I'm going to take the field. USC won the off the offseason. We know that. Getting Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, that offense looks great. But the USC defense is still a liability. They had the second-worst scoring defense in the Pac-12 last year, allowing 31.8 points per game. It's going to take a lot more than just one great offense or offseason to overcome that, or even just a great offense to come over overcome that so I agree with Jeff I think it's a year away they're close Lincoln Riley's going to build it up but I don't think it's this year yeah I do tend to agree with you guys USC it's just tough to say they'll win it this year especially when Utah's sitting there with Whittington their head coach he's built such a great program there Um, I could see them I'm not sure I'm not going so far as to say they could win the national championship but I could definitely see them as that fourth school that makes it in like Washington Cincinnati the schools we all know will lose to Alabama in the first round (laughs) but let's move on to our next one which is something I really really love talking about it's hot and spicy Brian Harson gets fired before the season ends 
This is a tough one, but considering T.J. Finley will be playing quarterback for Auburn this year, I don't really believe in them. So I'll go ahead and say that, yes, Brian Harson will get fired again. Almost Being at the bottom end of the SEC West is kind of a death wish just in the schedule itself. you got to play Alabama, LSU, all those great teams every year. Um, I just don't see it working out for Auburn. Yeah, I'm torn on this because Auburn fans are one of the most impatient people out there with the whole Gus Malzahn thing. It's Brian Hartson obviously doesn't have a lot of time where he can build this program, and a lot of fans are going to run him out of town before it's too late. And, we're so, and Auburn fans are so used to seeing the 2013 Auburn that went to the national championship or a Kim Newton-esque team, and they just haven't gotten that, especially last year when you're a 6-6 six and six team and you're going to the Birmingham Bowl. So I, I'm going to say I don't think he gets fired, just because even if things go horribly wrong, I think there's a scenario out there where he maybe has one more year, and it almost just feels like a Scott Frost year this year, where it's like, okay, if things go absolutely wrong, it's over. And I think that's kind of how Auburn's going to play it. But like Jeff was saying, Auburn, it doesn't look like it's going to look well for them. And trust me, Auburn fans are going to run the sky out of town before it's too late. I think this is definitely his last year with Auburn. Now, if you let me get a little technical, I don't think he'll be fired during the season um, before it ends because a lot of Auburn's schedule is pretty back-heavy. The Tigers don't face a ranked team until about almost mid-October. Now, granted, it's Georgia. I think that there's a decent chance Auburn goes, I don't know, maybe wins their first five games. And then after that, things are going to fall apart. Once they start facing a lot of these teams that are the big powerhouses in the SEC— they're going to finish with another maybe 6-6 six and six record. But I think since they'll start the season with a winning record, maybe he's able to kind of buy his time until the end of it. Yeah, I think that was a really good point there by Cody. The schedule is definitely loaded in the back half. He has They have five home games against unranked opponents to start the year. Two of those, or three of those, it's Penn State, Missouri, and LSU. I'm not even saying they're for sure win for them on those games. Um, but having no quarterback in the SEC West is tough. If they can build up five to four wins in that beginnings part, though, it will be tough to fire him before the season ends. But this is a team that tried to fire him in the offseason. Like, it, it's an interesting situation over there. But I would lean, yeah, he's probably not fired this year just because of the schedule. But I don't think he gets another year. I think he's a dead man walking in. <laughs> Uh, Auburn right now but moving on next one it's not very fun I know no one wants to hear it but it's it's logical both Georgia and Alabama will return to the college football playoffs you know I'm gonna go ahead and say no with Alabama being the team that returns and Georgia being the team that's left out it's just so hard to believe that Georgia can replicate what they did a year ago after losing so many good players I mean, their top two running backs, Zemir White and James Cook, gone. George Pickens out of the receiving core and Jermaine Burton, both gone. You want to talk about defense, Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, Darion Kendrick, all gone. And it's not like their quarterback was, was carrying them to victory, but Stetson Bennett will be back for what that's worth. But, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to believe that Georgia has the same firepower that they did a year ago and, and will make the playoff. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I think Alabama is easily going to get there. I think Alabama is going to go undefeated the whole year and undefeated into the national championship game. Everyone focuses on the Oregon-Georgia game to start the year, and I think Oregon's a really solid team. I think Georgia beats in that game, though. But the game that I'm looking at 
is Georgia and South Carolina just two weeks after that, because I think that screams upset alert. USC did it to Georgia just a couple years ago at Georgia, and now at USC and what Shane Beamer, Spencer Rattler, and that whole program is turning into for USC. I think that's a legitimate shot for USC to knock off Georgia. And then as we go through as the schedule, they will probably get to the SEC championship and play Alabama. And I think we all agree that Alabama would probably beat them in that game too. All it really takes, like Lucas was saying earlier, we have seen instances where SEC teams with two losses get into the college football playoff. But I kind of just think in this instance, if you're Georgia, obviously if you're going to have two losses and for two losses teams to get into the college football playoff, your first loss kind of has to come early on in the year. So if it was against South Carolina third game of the year and then just against Alabama, I could see that scenario happen. But if it's against on the road to Kentucky and then Alabama, I just don't think in the span of like three weeks the college football playoff is going to allow them in. So I'm going to say no. I definitely could see an instance where they are just because it's Georgia. They won the national championship last year. But I think this Alabama team, whatever happens, will beat them in the SEC championship. So, Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it happens either. I mean, even though it happened last year, it's just so difficult to get two teams in one conference inside of the college football playoffs. Georgia would have to go undefeated, and then I think, I agree, Alabama beats them in the SEC championship. But Georgia not only would have to go undefeated, they would have to do it handily and convincingly, and I'm just not sure if that's going to happen. You know, I'm against the field on this one. I just look at the teams that are able to make it to the college football playoffs this year, and I understand Georgia lost a ton of talent, um, a lot of starters, but this is Georgia we're talking about. The guys replacing the five stars are five stars, so they probably will not have that much trouble um, at replacing those guys, at least maybe initially, but I think as the season progresses, I could see that early loss coming in, but I, I just look at the only two locks for me right now to make the college football playoffs are Alabama and Ohio State. All the teams under that have question marks for me as far as making it to the playoffs, not as teams, but... I think Georgia's right there with any of those group that Clemson, Georgia, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, all those top 10, I think they're right there to make it again. So I would say yes. But moving on to our next one, Texas, the Longhorns, will finish the season ranked. Yeah, Lucas, I know you're a little bit of a Texas guy, just a little bit. Yeah. But um, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. I'm a, I'll be a Quinn Ewers believer. Um, he's one of the highest-ranked prospects ever. Um, coming out of high school, you took the year at Ohio State, decided, well, I'm not going to start here. So goes to his home state, starts for Texas, and they still have a lot of good skill guys, including Bijan Robinson, Xavier Worthy, those kind of guys. I think their offense is good enough in this conference to carry them to at least seven, eight wins. Just taking a look at it, they have four ranked opponents on their schedule. And what do we have? Two of them at home, one a neutral site, and one on the road. So I think they could easily get, you know, seven between seven and nine wins this year. I I freaking love this Texas team this year. Um, and it's not necessarily because of Quinn Ewers. I mean, he's obviously exceptional, and I kind of allowed you, or you obviously outlined how good he was. But the thing with me, why I think they're going to be really solid is Steve Sarkeesian, the thing with him and what we've seen at Washington, USC, at all levels of his coaching career is it hasn't worked out year one, but if you go into that second, third year when he's been a part of programs, it kind of starts to form together. Um, even though he's had short tenure at USC, it was a weird situation, obviously, um, and they went through a whole c- coaching cycle during the 2010s era, but 
I really think Texas is going to open eyes against Alabama. Now, I think Alabama is going to win that game, but I think Vegas and so many people are going to have the spread at like 30 points, and I just don't think Alabama is going to beat them by that many uh, points. I think Texas is going to surprise a lot of people this year, and especially with Quinn Ewers at the helm and the best running back in college football. Their offense is going to be electric, and I think they're going to win like 9 or 10 games. Yeah, I I think they do. I think they get in there. I'm also a big fan, a huge fan of this Texas offense. I think they're loaded. And I could see them losing two or three games to ranked opponents. I mean, Alabama's going to be one. But that being said, I think that's enough for a school like them to stay ranked. Last year, when we were talking about teams we think will be a surprise, I said the Texas Longhorns, and I got groans from everyone. I'm so excited now. Everybody's on the Longhorn train. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian. You know, I'm just excited that I I love Texas. I love the colors. My brother was a recruiter there, so I have a little bias there. But, yeah, I think this team, we talked about B. John Robinson, without a doubt, best running back in college football, maybe the most talented player in college football. That dude is ridiculous. Quinn Ewers, like you said, highest-rated prospect ever. So this team has all the makings of a really good team, and that defense was terrible last year. Like you said, Sarkeesian struggles in that first year. This happens a lot in college football. These, you don't get your chance to bring in guys you actually want. He was mostly dealing with guys from the past coaching, uh, who past recruiting, past coaching. So these weren't the guys he chose first year where there'll still be some guys but uh, that are from the past uh, coach and staff, but he has more of his guys this year. I think Texas will be a very interesting team this year. Yeah, and one last thing, real yeah. quick, is I mean, you just said it yourself. Like with so many guys that come into their first season at a new program, it doesn't always work out. And I think so many people, I think we're high on USC, but so many people are just expecting Lincoln Riley in his first year to bring him to a college football playoff. And it's like we've seen so many instances in times past that. It just doesn't work out, even the best of the best. And I don't think anyone would classify Lincoln Riley as a Tier 1 coach in the likes of Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, and et cetera. So. Good points, good points. And now the last uh, storyline, I don't think this is much of a hot take. Uh, App State will go undefeated this year and get into the college football playoffs. Guys? Um, I'll, I'll say no. <laughs> um, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, but... Um, in all seriousness, I think there is a real chance that they could, you know, if all goes right, maybe get a New Year's Six Bowl because there is that one group of five qualifier. But at the best, that's that's where they'll be. I mean, there's plenty of opportunities to get good wins. So um, we'll we'll leave it at the the New Year's Six as a, as a goal for this team. Yeah, I, I was going to ask the question. If App State went undefeated this year, now you got to keep in mind, they play UNC, Texas A&M. I think we all would say no, but if they is there Texas any route? Route? If they beat Texas A&M and College Station, probably not going to happen. They would have to be at least, Consider. until they lost the game, they would at least be like that talked about team. Exactly. And like obviously we've seen it with yeah. with Cincinnati in the past, but the problem is that like UCF did it in two straight years and they didn't get rewarded. So I don't know. And obviously we want to see an expanded playoff, or most people do, because we want to see instances like if that happened with App State for them to get in. But I will say easily App State will be the number one seed and make the college football playoff. Yep. If, All jokes aside. If App State does did go undefeated, including the Texas A&M game, put them in. Yes. Put them in. Yes. That being said, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I do actually really like the idea of a New Year's Six Bowl being their goal. I think if they lose to Texas A&M, but they're, you know, 
competitive and they win the rest of the games, including the UNC one, yeah, I mean, that's that's a great season. Yeah, all joking aside, I do think the New Year's Six Bowl is this season's goal. The Texas A&M game, I'm really excited to watch it, but I'm expecting... I think this team at best will be a really good one-loss team with that being the one loss, which isn't a bad loss in any stretch of the word. But let's take a quick break, and then we'll jump on to part two of our college football overview. Appalachian State University's Performing Arts Series, the Schaefer Center, presents a spring season featuring The Little Prince from Ballet X, Afro Jazz from Nubuntu, and singer-songwriter Roseanne Cash. Tickets on sale now and more information at 800-841-ARTS or theschafercenter.org. This program is sponsored by Eggers Law Firm, located on West King Street in downtown Boone. From business to traffic matters, the Eggers Law Firm has provided legal service to the high country since 1950. As fourth-generation Appalachian alumni, the Eggers Law Firm is here to assist you with legal help when you need it. The Eggers Law Firm, 737 West King Street. It's that time of the year for gear that is warm and comfortable during the winter. Regear Outdoors is Boone's consignment shop for outdoor equipment and clothing. As the high country shifts into colder temps, Regear has snow boots, hiking gear, warm clothing, and other winter accessories. Regear is open seven days a week and would love to answer questions about winter gear and equipment. Regear thanks you for wearing a mask and spreading compassion to provide a safe shopping environment for all. Regear Outdoors is located below the SRC and next to the River Street Alehouse. Appalachian State University's Performing Arts Series, the Schaefer Center Presents, features an all-virtual spring season filled with music, dance, and theater, February 4th through March 25th. All events are free, but registration is required. Their website is theschafercenter.org. Welcome back to Sports Wrap, sponsored by Eggers, 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 and Eggers, Attorney at Law. Now, jumping into part two of our college football overview, week zero was fun, guys, but now we're into the real meat and bones of the college football schedule, week one. And so we've, I have a list of some games here. Obviously, there are more. It's, I mean, too many to count for that first few days. Um, but we're going to go through them, and you're just going to tell me what you guys are excited about. First thing, what's your must-watch game of week, week one? You know, it's pretty easy to sit back and say, you know, Ohio State, Notre Dame, or or Georgia, Oregon. But those games, you take a look at the spread, they don't expect it to be close at all. And I don't expect them to be close either. So I'll choose, I'll go to Thursday and say the backyard brawl, Pitt and West Virginia. It was a, a throwback rivalry to the Big East days. I know these teams have been waiting to play each other for a long time. And uh, the the rivalry is very much still alive and should be a good game between the two. I know Pitt losing Kenny Pickett, now moving into the the Keaton Slovis era, and Slopes. West yeah, and then West Virginia with J T Daniels at, at quarterback now. So should be a, a fun battle there in prime time. It's it's going to feel like old Big East football. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I'll go with the obvious one, um, and I'll say Notre Dame and Ohio State, just because when I think. When I when people think of like a big college football weekend, the first one of the season, I feel like Notre Dame Ohio State that primetime game on ABC is kind of what everyone is just like 
we're here. It's finally happened. College football is back. Um, Ohio State, I think, is going to win this game. But Notre Dame, we just saw today, Marcus Freeman just found out there were 17.5-point underdogs, and he was like, we'll write that down and get everyone motivated. So I think Notre Dame, while a lot of people don't give them a shot, and I don't think they'll win, I think it'll be a really good game. And we'll see how legit Ohio State and C.J. Stroud will be in this junior year. So uh, I'll say that one. Yeah, the Oregon versus Georgia or Ohio State versus Notre Dame is the easy pick, which is exactly why I'm going to do it. I want Oregon versus Georgia. I think it's early playoff implications. And just like we talked about, I'm really curious to see. I, I picked Georgia to win, but I'm really curious to see how good they are. Like How good, how good do they look in week number one? And Oregon's got Bo Nix now. It'll be uh, intriguing to see what happens there. Yeah, those two games are definitely just headlining the most interesting. I could not imagine being ranked number five and being a 18, did you say? 17 and a half, yeah. That, that, yeah, that's some motivation right there. But I'm going to keep it in the state. I'm very fascinated to see this highly ranked number 13 NC State team traveling to East Carolina to face the Pirates. I just wouldn't – that's a tough – environment going to East Carolina, an unranked team, expecting to lose that game against a team with a lot of expectations entering this year. Um, I mean, Devin Leary was great last year in a conference that was defined by its quarterbacks. He was probably the most underrated one. Um, and he's returning. He looks really great. But they also have Holton Allers on their side, so they have a lot of experience there. They were 7-5 and five last year. They almost beat Houston. It was an overtime game. East Carolina is competitive. I think that'll be a good test week one for NC State. Um, now, what do you guys think? In competitive games, don't take some crazy <laughs> games. Uh, what's your lock for week one? I'll just go ahead and say Ohio State. <laughs> Notre Dame, I really don't think, has a chance. They don't have very good quarterback play. They had a, a two-QB system last year, and one of those guys will be will be taking over. I just, it's It would be hard to believe Ohio State on their home field in the opener with all those expectations coming into this season blow the first game to a team that's notorious for losing the big game. So I'll go ahead and say Ohio State. I'm going to go with Houston over UTSA. Um, Houston, I think it's so disrespectful. They're ranked number 24. I think they're going to win the American Conference. Um, I think they're going to win it over Cincinnati. And they were obviously not on par with Cincinnati last year, but they were very competitive in that conference. They were very competitive with Cincinnati. And again, they basically bring back a lot of starters and a lot of key players on that team. I know it's on the road, and in college football, when you're on the road, it's always a tough matchup, but I think Houston is going to kill UTSA. I'm going with Ohio State as well. I love C.J. Stroud, Heisman favorite. And I really respect Marcus Freeman kind of being like, okay, 17.5 points, I'm going to bring that to practice, and that'll be motivation. That being said, I'm taking Ohio State to cover. So <laughs> I, think, I think there's, I mean, that's a lock. That's a lock. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely leaning Ohio State, but 17 and a half. I mean, come on. That's so many points. But I'm probably going, yeah, I'm going to go with the Hogs. Number 19, Arkansas hosting. Number 23, Cincinnati. Luke Fickle, obviously, has done such a good job over there. But it's just so hard to sustain excellence with a school in the group of five, especially against an SEC school like Arkansas. That home crowd's going to be roaring. Um, yeah, I, I'm going Arkansas on that one. Now, let's go the other way. What's a ranked team you think could lose to an unranked team or vice versa, an unranked team beating a ranked team? It's great that you said that that last game, Kurt, the, the Houston-UTSA yeah. game, because that is the game I'm going to choose. <laughs> UTSA at home, 
in the Alamo Dome with uh, quarterback Frank Harris returning. They do lose Sincere McCormick, but they replace him with Traylon Smith, the transfer from Arkansas, and they've just got a really good offense. They beat Western Kentucky in the um, Conference USA Championship game last year, so they got a lot of firepower. I think if any ranked team goes down, it's going to be Houston on Saturday. Um, the key word in this is could, and I don't think it'll happen, but I think Florida has a shot of upsetting Utah. Um, just because Florida, we know what they do da- down there in the swamp, and with Utah having to travel 3,000 miles across the country, I think there's a shot that Utah could lose this game, but I really think that people would kind of overrate or, excuse me, underrate the performance by Utah if they win. Like, if they win by three to six points, I think people are going to be like, oh, maybe this Utah team isn't as good as we think, playing against an unranked team. But we got to understand, like, it's a tough environment, first yep. game of the year. Any win in their eyes is a success. Yeah, I mean, exact, I'm exactly with you. It, I think that Utah is for real. But I think the best shot we see of an upset is Florida beating Utah. And for a lot of similar reasons. I mean, they're playing in the swamp. That's a tough environment. And I really like Florida this year. Anthony Richardson has flown up draft boards and is now a projected top 10 pick. He had 401 rushing yards and 529 passing yards and very limited action last year. And I think he's, he's got a shot to be a breakout Heisman candidate. So if there is going to be an upset, I do like Florida over Utah. Yeah, I. that's not an easy place to play. I think you made a good point, Kurt. Even though Utah's ranked number 7, traveling to an unranked opponent's field, any win they're happy to get out of there. Utah's, I think Utah's kind of like the SEC school in the Pac-12. They're a very physical run-first team where you don't really see that a lot. They're big on the line, but SEC, you don't beat them on the line. So it's going to be a tough game for them. But I'm looking at Thursday's game. We already talked about it a little. I could see West Virginia taking down number 17, Pitt. Um, Pitt is hosting, but that's a close game. You'll see a lot of West Virginia fans there. It's just going to be a tough environment. These are two newer teams. Obviously, Pitt was very good last year, but they don't. We've talked about about it. They lost Kenny Pickett. They brought in Slovis from USC. I love Sloves, but yeah, I'm... I'm not saying they're going to lose that game, but I could definitely see West Virginia surprising them and taking that one. Uh, but after, but w- moving on from week one schedule, I wanted to look more big picture. So just some questions I'm going to run by y'all over this whole season. So first, predict the winners of the five Power Five conferences. Let's get the easy ones out of the way. SEC should go to Alabama, and Big Ten should go to Ohio State. The rest of them, uh, a little bit more of a question. Um, Clemson, they still have a lot to prove after last year. They were probably the worst 10-win team I've ever seen. But maybe I worded that wrong. But (laughs) um, Clemson, I expect them to bounce back. I'm not sure if they've named a starting quarterback yet. But if it's Cade Klubnik, I'm all in on Clemson because DJ Uyunglele showed last year that, you know, he can't really take command of this offense. Um, taking a look at the other conferences, Pac-12, I already mentioned Utah. I think they'll you know, run away with the Pac-12 after uh, beating USC on October 15th. And then the last one is a little bit more iffy, but um, I think I'm going to go with Oklahoma State getting revenge on Baylor in a, in a rematch of the Big 12 championship. Um, yeah, so I will go with Alabama for the SEC, self-explanatory. 
Ohio State for Big Ten. Again, self-explanatory. For the ACC, I'm going to go with Clemson. And to kind of your point, Jeff, the whole DJ Klubnik thing feels exactly like Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence, where Kelly Bryant kind of was struggling at Clemson. You realize he could play at another school, but then this amazing, young, highly recruited guy comes in. I think Klubnik will start after like four to five games, similar to what happened to Trevor in his freshman year. I don't think he'll lead them a national championship like Trevor Lawrence did, but I think we're going to see something kind of similar to that. Like I said with Clemson early on in the show, I think they won't make the college football playoff, but I still think they'll win ACC. But I think NC State does have a legitimate chance with them as well. Um, Pac-12, I think it's going to be Utah. I've talked about how much I love them early on in the show. Um, And then for the Big 12, I'm going to go with Baylor. Um, They won the Big 12 championship last year. I don't think it's going to be Oklahoma. I do not. I think a lot of people agree they don't really love Brent Venables as the head coach there. Um, So I I think Baylor, we saw what they did last year. I think they'll do it again this year. I'm, I'm taking Clemson out of the ACC I like DJ. Um, I, I still wouldn't mind if he's the top quarterback. I think this is a tougher ACC with five teams ranked than we've seen in the last couple of years, but I still think Clemson gets the bounce back. SEC, I think, I mean, we're kind of, I don't want to write it off that Alabama's got this almost easy road and is for sure going to win it because the SEC's tough. Texas A&M I like. Yeah. Georgia's, of course, very good. That being said, I'm still taking Alabama. I mean, Heisman winner Bryce Young. I think a Heisman candidate, Will Anderson Jr., they're going to be great. Big Ten, Ohio State, I think this one's the easiest pick. I mean, C.J. Stroud is elite, and I don't think the Big Ten will have anybody able to kind of hang with the Buckeyes. I think they get their revenge game on Michigan this year. And one of the bigger toss-ups, I like Oklahoma to win the Big 12, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went a different way. I just think Oklahoma still has a talent to win it, even without Leak and Riley. Landing UCF QB Dylan Gabriel and his coordinator from UCF, Jeff Levy, who they had a lot of success with there. And I don't mind Brent Venables. I think he's going to be able to keep the Sooners in good shape for this year. And then out of the Pac-12, I like, I like Utah a lot. I mean, Tavian Thomas had over 1,000 rushing yards at running back last year and 21 touchdowns. Cameron Rising found the end zone 20 times through the air. And Utah only allowed 19 points per game against Pac-12 teams last year. So I really like them to to win it. I like the picks. I like the picks. I'm going to go a little off the wall here real quick. So I think Georgia, I like Georgia's schedule. They're on that other side of the SEC. I just can see Alabama maybe drop in one of those random games. I still think they could make the playoffs, but I think Georgia might win the conference. Um, And then, yeah, I'm going to go Ohio State in the Big Ten. ACC, I'm going to go with my Wolfpack. I think Devin Leary and them. They're they're returning. I like the defense. Um, the, the secondary was a little phenomenal, but yeah, no, the offensive line they lost. I'm not going to say his name right. Ikem so Ekwanu. Thank you, yeah. pronunciation guy over here. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then yeah, Pac-12. I'm going the Utes. Uh, I think they're the most solid team in that conference. And then Big Twelve. I'm going the Longhorns. I'm just oh, saying my. they they're going to lose an out of conference game to Alabama. But if they can run the table in, they get Baylor at home. They just got to win those two Oklahoma games in Oklahoma. It's going to be a little tough, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma on the road. But this is going to be a really good offense. I could see them pulling it off. I'm going to go Longhorns. Um, So let's move on to our next question. So what's the highest ranked team, preseason ranking, of course, that you think could finish unranked? Well, just... 
taken a look. I mean, we saw Clemson struggle last year, but it won't happen again. Um, it's I think Miami is one of those teams. Um, they got a new coach with Mario Cristobal. I know everyone's excited about him. Miami is ranked 16th right now. I just Tyler Van Dyke is an upgrade over De'Ara King. It's just you know these changes in regimes they don't happen in a year. We discussed that earlier with Lincoln Riley. Miami, uh, they always just seem to disappoint in big games, just like Notre Dame. So I think they're a team that could finish you know eight and four and maybe on the cusp, but they won't finish ranked. I think I saw a stat. I think last year or something that was like a team that was ranked in the preseason top 10 there's always been at least one team that's gone on ranked since like yeah. 1996 or something so we're obviously with what we've seen in the past past history and statistics there's probably going to be a team in the top 10 that finishes unranked I'm looking at it and obviously all the top 10 it makes sense and it's hard to predict one right now if I had to pick I'm going to just say two Texas A&M, I know they're phenomenal. They brought in so many recruits. Um, but it's just such a young team still that I think there's an instance where it just doesn't really go in Jimbo Fisher's way. And then I'll go with Michigan just because, obviously, they lost arguably their two best players in Hutchinson and Jujabo last year. Um, the quarterback position's up in the air with McNamara and McCarthy. So I'm thinking Michigan, Texas A&M, like, Obviously, on the surface level, I think they're going to be solid, but just going with what I've seen in the past, those are two that come to mind. Just to tack on to that, you say one team from the top ten. One team that's staring me in the face that could finish unranked is Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. Okay. Is Oklahoma, because I, I, just, don't, I just don't believe in, in Dylan Gabriel all that much, and they lost a couple of skill guys to USC because of Lincoln <laughs> yeah. Riley. So it's... Again, those changes, they're going to be more of a defensive-oriented team with Brent Venables, but that's not going to happen in a year. So it wouldn't surprise me if they get eaten alive by the top half of the Big 12. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. Um, but, I mean, I looked at these top 10 teams. I wanted to be bold and pick one, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. <laughs> I could see I could see Michigan State dropping out, and I like Michigan State, but they have a middle-of-the-pack, like, they play Ohio State, then Michigan, this Wisconsin, and then they'll play Penn State soon after that. And I think those kind of in the middle of the schedule and then a couple tough games in the back of the schedule could knock them right out right at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm going to go with the USC Trojans. They're 14th right now, I believe. Yeah. Um, I just, the offense will be good, I think, under Lincoln Riley, and they just brought in a lot of talent. But I think that defense is still a mess. And. It's just going to take more than one year to fix what the problems they had last season and for the past few seasons. So I could definitely see them not finishing the season ranked. Um, so, yeah, that's my pick for that. Now, vice versa, unranked team you think could finish ranked? Well, there's one uh, that's close by in yeah. App State. Uh <laughs> It's going to be tough, like I said, with those those two toughest conference games being on the road with Marshall and Coastal. I think if they win Saturday and somehow end up near 11-1, and I don't see why they can't be ranked by the end of the year. I go with a team that we've been talking about a lot this show, and that's Texas, um, just because all of us have been super high on them. We love what they're doing at the quarterback spot and with Steve Sarkeesian. So 
I thought they should have been ranked to start the year and not even like around the 25. I thought around like the high teens, maybe that 20 mark. Um, and I think that they won't be after they play Alabama because they'll suffer a loss there. But as the season goes on, we see a lot out of Quinn Ewers and we see what Steve Sarkeesian can do in the second year. I'll go with them to finish the season ranked. Yeah, I'm also going with the Longhorns. I like them a lot. And I'm not I'm not calling anything. I'm not saying I'm not going to say go back I called it if it does happen. But I don't think it's out of the question that Texas not only finishes ranked but finishes in the top 10. Longhorns are back. Texas is back, folks. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> McConaughey is so excited right now. Um so yeah, I'm going to go with Iowa. Not the sexy pick. I don't think they'll be a top 10 team. I don't maybe even in the 20s, but this team under Kirk Ferentz, they've just been a model of consistency. You know what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball down your throat. Um, so, yeah, I, they started out. They got a good amount. They're like, I think they're having the fourth team out of not being ranked. I think they'll get in there by the end of the season. And now, it's way too early, but what are your four playoff teams and national champion? Pretty cookie cutter. Going to go Alabama, Ohio State as the top two, either or, flip-flop them. Whichever one beats their conference opponents by more points will be ranked number one. But the other two are the real question, I feel like. Um, I think I can go with Clemson. They'll be, I think they can improve. Their defense is still very, very good, especially that defensive line. And for that fourth team, We've talked about them all shows. Utah, out of the Pac-12, that conference is just weak as a whole. Um, will depend on that game at Autzen in the second to the last week of the season against the Oregon Ducks. But also the game against Florida in week one yeah. will uh, tell us a lot. But those are my four playoff teams. Champion, I'll go ahead and take Alabama again. I know Ohio State might be the, you know, the popular favorite because they have – the Heisman guy, C.J. Stroud, who's get, or the Heisman favorite, I should say, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, everyone watched the Rose Bowl earlier this year. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Alabama as a national champ. So I'll go Alabama at one. No self-explanatory needed. I'll go with Utah at two. I think they'll finish the year undefeated. Even if Ohio, And Ohio State, I think they'll suffer one loss, which obviously brings up the argument, would you rather have at that number two spot an undefeated Utah or a one-loss Ohio State team? The committee would probably put in Ohio State at that two spot, but <laughs> yeah. let's just get fun on this show. I'll yeah. say Utah at two. I'll say Ohio State at three. And then at number four, I'll probably go with Georgia. I wanted to. I was debating between them or Clemson, but I think Georgia just playing in the SEC and having that competitive advantage um, will favor the committee's vote. So I'll go with Georgia. Then for my national championship, I think Alabama is whoever they play in the national championship, they'll beat by double digits. Okay. Yeah, y'all have done your homework on Utah. I was ready to come in and say, oh, I think Utah's going to be in the top four and everyone go crazy. But no, I mean, I think Alabama's one, Ohio State's two. I like Utah. I think they go undefeated, which will include a game at Florida, playing against Oregon and USC, which is enough to put them at three. And then I think Clemson will be four. Yeah, I'm going Alabama one, Ohio State two, Georgia three, and Utah four, I think. I think that's my four. Yeah, I, 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 I believe in those top two teams, and I still believe in Georgia. I just think Kirby Smart is such a good coach. He's been cranking out these top ten schools, and his recruiting has just been unreal. Um, I think he's on the same level now as Alabama, um, just as a recruiting school. So 
uh, yeah, I think they'll be right back in the mix of it. Um, so now, before we head out of here, real quick, we're not going to be able to go to, for the full preview, but you know, App State season is kicking off in just a few days. I think it's an appropriate time to preview the upcoming season. But before we do that, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on how we did last year. We were 10-4, and 7-1 in conference play. Obviously, the big coastal win. Some bad losses, lost every game to Louisiana, um, lost in the bowl game to Western Kentucky. How do you see that last season? Success, failure? You know, it's it's sort of in between. Yeah, it's it's not one nor the other. You know, we went to Miami and lost by two. We won every game. I think we should have definitively won. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that Louisiana loss was embarrassing midseason. That was a Tuesday game. Yeah, that's a rough so, one. So you can't take that too much into account. But then we lost to them again. So they truly were the better team. They had a lot of NFL guys on yeah. that team. I don't think there's any shame in in losing to that Louisiana team. And the same thing goes for Western Kentucky. That offense is was historically good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, usually you expect App State to win more than just. Uh, one game as an underdog, but they really didn't have that many chances, I guess is the best way to put that, and they didn't convert when they did have those chances. So it wasn't necessarily a bad year because we still won a lot of, of good games, but yeah, just, I'd put it somewhere in between. What's so funny is we're the standard at App State is just so high now. Like we're yeah. they won ten games and we're like, oh, it's a down year, which is obviously <laughs> great for the future and what Sean Clark and everyone else is building at App State. And I agree. I, I think obviously should we have beat Miami that one game? Maybe should we have at least gotten one game off of Louisiana? Maybe, but looking back at it, we went to a bowl game even though we didn't win. Um, it wasn't the worst of years. Definitely could have been better. So as a whole, you can't really be too upset about it. I think it's, it depends on how you define failure. As you said, Kurt, we have set such a huge bar. Being 6-0 and in bowl games and then losing to Western Kentucky, 59-38 to in the year seems like a failure. I mean, I, I would also put it in the middle. I think that the bar is set, that there's a lot of people that would call that a failure, and maybe rightfully so, but those those were very good teams that they lost to, and I think that's okay. Yeah, I don't—the record isn't a failure, but I'd say the way we lost those games is—I um, think the Miami game was okay. We were close in that game. We were competitive. We definitely we should have won, won that game. We should have yeah, won that game. should have won that game. But just the way we lost the bowl game and the two games against Louisiana just leaves a bad taste in your mouth where you just would have liked us to be at least competitive in one of the Louisiana games. And Western Kentucky was a really bad matchup for us. They were just – that offense was way too explosive. We couldn't keep up with them. Um, so, yeah, I would say somewhere in between. But the record itself, 10-4 and four is a good season. You can't complain about 10 wins. Um, so I would have liked to get more into it, but we're running out of time. Let's just look at this season. What are your expectations? Do you think we'll be better than last year? Sunbelt title or bust? Record? What do you guys think? Well, like Kurt said, the expectations at App State football are always very high. So it always is Sunbelt title or bust. It's all going to depend on those back-to-back games against Coastal and Marshall, both on the road, which I think we kind of got screwed on the scheduling there, um, both of them being on the road and being back-to-back. But, you know, we're... We're out state. We can obviously handle that, but you know, I think ideally you're looking at a, a ten and two football team this year. 
whether that's one loss is going to well, one of those losses is going to come to Texas A and M, another is going to come to either Coastal or Marshall or Carolina on Saturday. Yeah. So I don't think we lose two of those three games, but I do think we lose one. So ten and two with a, a Sun Belt championship would be a, an ideal year. Yeah, obviously everyone knows the extent and how big this UNC App game is, but to put it more into retrospect and perspective, like if App State can't beat UNC, they're probably going to lose to Texas A&M. That's an 0-2 start, and I can't remember the last time App State started 0-2. So (laughs) obviously you look at the rest of the schedule, they'll probably still be around a 9-win team, but... Going 0-2, what is the dynamic of not just the fans, but the players thinking on the back end of the year? And like Jeff was saying, Coastal and Marshall on the road. We saw what happened when we played Marshall last year. That was no easy game. That was one of the best games in college football last year. So, tough schedule for App State, but we all have high expectations, and we think that this team can do really well. And, you know, if Saturday is going to be a great representation of what the season can bring. Last time we went 0-2 to start the season was 2013. Before we were even in FPS, we got blown out by Montana on the road and lost to North Carolina A&T. Goes, oh. to, goes to show how, yeah. how far we've come. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't think we'll have to worry about it. If I'm doing a pick I do like App State against UNC, and I think that does put put a good season at 10-2. and I think that... App wins a UNC game, loses a Texas A&M, and then I'm giving room for a loss in the Sun Belt, whether it's to Marshall, Coastal, a team like that. But when it comes down to Sun Belt or loss, I think App State is plenty capable of winning a Sun Belt title. They probably should be the favorite. So when that's the case, why not call it Sun Belt title or bust? Yeah, I would just look at that 10-2 and record mark as kind of the over-under, where if they're 10-2, and that's a good season. I think that's what we expect. 11-1 and one would be very good. That would mean we lost to Texas A&M but beat all the Sun Belt and UNC. But anything under that, I think you're starting. I mean, if they lose three games, I'm not upset. But you, they, those three games, Marshall, um, Coastal, and UNC, I would like for them to ideally win two. But if they only win one, that's okay. If they lose all three, then it's not good. But yeah, I think the expectations are Sun Belt and Bust and New Year's Six or Bust. So um, with that, that will be the first episode of Sports Wrap for the year. Let me get our – I think I'm going to go through the wire. We're going to go with shout-outs, guys. So, Jeffrey, you want to start us off? So it's a wonderful time of the year when we're doing shout-outs at the end of, of Sports Wrap. But I'll, I'll shout-out my, my crew here. It's – me and Lucas's first week on staff, technically paid staff here at WASU, and uh, we've had a good time, and everyone's been uh, been great about scheduling, all that sort of stuff. So I'll shout out the the entire WASU sports department. Uh, that's a great one. I'm going to shout out the town of Boone for what they're going to do this weekend. It's going to be in an insane atmosphere. Yeah, they got um, a tough job. Yeah, and we're going to pack the stands. The streets will be flooded. Um, people are going to show out. So shout out to them, and honestly, shout out to UNC for what's going to be a great game. Shout out to my friends and family for watching as always as we get this year started. And shout out to everyone here at WASU as we as we get it going. And, of course, shout-out to Aaron Judge, AL MVP, for becoming the 10th player in MLB history with multiple 50 home run seasons. 
Yeah, I want to shout out my grandma and my sister Amanda up in Brooklyn. They're always listening. I want to shout out my guy Jeff, too. He's been saying it. We've been grinding these last two weeks. Uh, we're figuring it out together, but it's been real fun. So for more sports rap, more sports department stuff, let's keep going. And, and let's uh, go ahead and plug the socials while we're here. Good idea. We have our new sports department WSU Sports social accounts. So for Instagram, is it underscore? WSU dot sports. We got under WSU underscore sports on Twitter. We'll be posting updates every single day. You'll see clips from this show if you missed it. So be sure to uh, follow that and you'll get, get some more good stuff. One last time for Instagram, WASU dot sports and for Twitter, WASU underscore sports. Go follow those now. With that, though, that will be the first episode of Sports Wrap. It's been great to be with y'all and have a good night.